0: Love Talk Radio Doug Kelly Yeah, crack up the radio let America There's a job
1: to be done Are you guys as excited as I am? Let's roll
0: America
1: There's a battle to be
0: won
2: I want to welcome you to
0: rehabilitation Wake up America this
2: is where I stay tuned to find out what's happening.
0: America, good now here's Doug. And good morning. Welcome in to our program here at IDug Radio and Blog Talk Radio. Good to be with you on this uh, Thursday, August the uh, 4th, 2016. And uh, we will be able to take your calls should you choose to dial in. Occasionally we get some calls here at 646 716 one, uh, we're going to be talking to a couple of guests as we go along here uh, to discuss uh, the Trump campaign, the latest Where Are We? There were rumors yesterday floating all over the place that it was a possibility that uh, Trump actually might pull out of the race. I can't see it. We'll see what our guests have to say about it. But it's all because of the uh, other stories that were out there. John Car- Jonathan Carl of ABC was suggesting there would be an intervention perhaps by the GOP with Donald Trump. Uh, that they were pursuing the possibility of replacing him if he did drop out. So that's where that story began yesterday on Good Morning America on ABC and sort of took a life of its own in various places. Uh, Today, Eric Erickson, uh, the insurgent, I think it's theinsurgents.com, I can't remember now, it used to be redstate.com, commentator, talk show host, Eric Erickson says people are evil if they're supporting Donald Trump. This is a guy who... um, Obviously, he's been a never-Trumper all along, and I get that. I understand why he doesn't like Donald Trump. I, I get that uh, completely, but the idea that people who are supporting Trump are evil, what about those who are supporting the other side here? And that is uh, part of the issue. Anyway, Neil McCabe of com is going to join us here. Neil's got his finger on the pulse of what's happening in the election, and uh, we'll see what he has to say about uh, some of these rumors and some of the other stories out there this morning. Neil, thank you again for coming on on our program this morning. How are you?
1: Hey, Doug, great to be with you. You know, uh, I was at Human Events for a number of years, and uh, Red State was part of that family, and then Eric left Red State to start his own uh, newsletter called Resurgent. And I, I, I really don't know what happened with Eric, but I remember at his last Red State gathering at sort of the last minute, he disinvited Donald Trump, and it just seems like he 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 thought that would be enough to knock Trump out of the race. He kept thinking that Trump would be knocked out of the race, and yet <laughs> Trump is still with us. And so Eric Erickson has to keep upping the ante. Uh, you know, maybe he'll be right next time. You know, it's it's bizarre. Yeah, I keep thinking. Of, but, I keep
0: thinking Eric is, is someone who's is come from no one ever heard of him to uh, you know uh, uh, sort of waging this uh, uh, this commentating power with RedState.com and uh, and and he's, he's I think he's sort of taken on the idea of kingmaker in Georgia a bit. Uh, you know, because this this article this morning is so over the top here about how you're evil if you support Donald Trump. You're not evil. You're just trying to make a decision between the two prominent candidates you happen to be running, uh, and you are concerned about the direction of the country. I mean, Eric, and this is my problem every time I read his, uh, his rantings about Trump. Sometimes I agree with what he's ranting about, but the, the problem, Neil, is that what's the alternative? You, you're not giving me a pathway to, uh, to, you know, to, to, to uh, conservative thought here. There's no, um, I mean, Trump is right now uh, the closest to getting anything that we want. Hillary, we get nothing, basically.
1: Well, of course, Eric is now uh, studying for the ministry, which is why, you know, everyone, frankly, I think he expected a few years ago that uh, his Atlanta talk show, which is, from what I understand, a very strong talk show uh, out of Atlanta, that that was going to go national. uh, And then he sort of had a change of heart. Now he's studying for the ministry. He left Red State, has resurgent. But Eric Erickson is also prone to verbal excess and saying a lot of crazy things, sort of like (laughs) Trump. I mean, this is a guy who, as a commentator on CNN, was suspended for two weeks because he compared the 2012 Democratic Convention to the vagina monologues. So (laughs) it's like... Yeah, yeah, Eric. Maybe he seems a little unhinged, but Eric Erickson seems a little unhinged sometimes too. Um, that's not to say well, that maybe he one hasn't is, been personally yeah. generous to me, and you know, working yeah, with mean, him was a dream.
0: Right. What I'm saying is uh, about Eric, and I've certainly followed him, you know, as well. Is that uh, there's a uh, uh, you know getting into the name calling of the people supporting Trump is going to get us nowhere. It's kind of like Trump uh, complaining about the, uh, you know, the other Republicans who don't seem to support him. There's a story this morning, Neil, that, um, you know, that uh, Trump's going to have a campaign stop in Wisconsin and there's not going to be any member of the Wisconsin delegation there. Now, I'm not saying I blame them, especially Paul Ryan being one of them. But uh, what do you make of this? And is he going to go after the Wisconsin delegation today?
1: Uh, It'd be interesting to see. I was disappointed to see that Scott Walker wasn't going to be there. Uh, Yeah. Scott Scott Walker was a guy in 2012 who tried his best to break through to Mitt Romney, and Mitt Romney completely ignored Scott Walker's advice, Scott Walker's counsel. And had he listened to Scott Walker or even Rob Portman from Ohio, Rob Portman's another guy, who tried to break through. I I, I was very close to people on Portman's staff at the time. Portman actually helped Romney prep for his first debate. Romney did very well in the first debate, and then they said to the Portman staff, thanks, man, we got it from here.
0: And apparently
1: they (laughs) didn't got it. Uh, It's going to be interesting because I heard today that uh, Corey Lewandowski is back whispering in Trump's ear, and if that's true, obviously that is a problem. The Corey Lewandowski was very effective running the campaign during the mm-hmm. primaries. After the primaries, it just wasn't working. And he, he didn't have would, the—
0: he, That would be very Trump, but, though, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it be very Trump, Neil, to go back to Corey? Because right now he's down by 10 points in the uh, Fox News poll that came out last night. Uh, Trump said yesterday in one of the campaign stops that he doesn't understand why he's even behind, you know, what, what's up with that? He said, so wouldn't it be sort of Barry Trump to go back to Corey? Well, I won the primary, you know, I was doing great then, you know, when Corey was in charge,
1: Doug, you cannot do a Bill Clinton impersonation for Trump. I, sorry the, about uh, that. I fall into that every once <laughs> in a while, sir. I, I will say that it, it, it concerns me. I, I had uh I had a very private conversation with somebody at the RNC yesterday. They came into work Monday morning, not excited about the campaign. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, every, all the momentum and the bump uh, from the convention, they were rather pleased with the convention uh, for all the the disasters that we heard about the convention. The Republican convention was a relatively successful convention and it went on time. And I had a, in fact, I had a very radical progressive political consultant I knew from Boston tell me directly that uh, Trump's speech at the convention was spot on because it addressed all of the vulnerabilities of the Democratic Party, and that's who it was aimed at. And then you had the Democratic convention, and then, and then you had Khan and I think that really took the wind out of the sails out of the RNC. What I'm really hoping for with the Trump campaign – is that the Olympics create such a dominance of the news cycle that at the other side of the Olympics, we have a new clock. The conventions were early this year because of the Olympics. I remember, I'm old enough to to remember, when my governor, Michael Dutakis, was up 17 points Mm -hmm. on on H.W. Bush. I remember Pat Buchanan wrote that column. When he said the Dukakis campaign is coasting and they're going to lose, and everybody thought Buchanan had completely lost his mind, uh, you know that was in '88. Um, you know, we'll see. I, I've been to the rallies for Trump in in Ohio and Pennsylvania and South Carolina and Georgia. In you know, he was packing out auditoriums in Lowell, Massachusetts, in Worcester, Massachusetts. It, these are not places. Where Republicans draw well in Bridgeport, Connecticut, fifteen hundred people showed up Saturday morning at ten a.m. for Donald Trump. And this was, you know, and this is a neighborhood where the 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 uh, the speech was held in the uh, auditorium that was built for the Bridgeport, Connecticut Symphony. And I don't even know if they. I would be stunned if Bridgeport, Connecticut, still had a symphony. But one block over. Was a what used to be a gas station that now is a liquor store, canned soup, and lottery store. And the cashiers are behind a bulletproof glass uh, sort of enclosure and they are locked in for their shifts. And so these are the kinds of neighborhoods where Trump is going and talking to people and pulling people who have not been involved in politics, where, you know, the last eight, 16 30 years have Mm -hmm. not been great how does he convert it and we've waited for that moment where he converts all of this legitimate this legitimate residence with the trump campaign people get it people hear it it's there but you have to translate that into votes you have to get those people to the polls you have to identify them and then you have to have somebody who drives a van through that neighborhood it goes down into the details of, you know, the, these campaigns, these national campaigns are won block by block, and we have to wait to see if he can do that. I don't know if he can do it, and that's what sincerely worries me.
0: All right, let's talk a bit about uh, some of the rumors yesterday. It got started, I think, mainly with Jonathan uh, uh report on Good Morning America yesterday, ABC, that Trump may, uh, you know, there may be an intervention by Members of the GOP, uh, Paul Ryan, uh, Reese uh, uh, Previs, I think, uh, two of the names I heard. Um, and that uh, there's even, it went even further, I think, in some circles that, that Trump might actually remove himself from the campaign, that he would see that he wouldn't win and might uh, use some excuse, health reasons, something like that. You, you, what do you make of any of that, or is that just wishful thinking by some who just don't want Trump to, uh, to be the nominee?
1: I heard that Donnie Jr and Eric left yesterday for a hunting trip in Connecticut. I mean, not Connecticut, in uh, in Canada. I cannot believe that something was going to go down if those two guys are taking a trip to the Yukon Territory. And we've seen Eric and Donnie before mm-hmm. sort of work to smooth things out. Uh, Donnie who reached out to the CASA campaign and to other campaigns, um, I just think that what happens is the people, <clears throat> excuse me, the who are on the campaign plane are the most susceptible to the gossip and rumors, and it just gets out of control, and it builds, and and as the story is repeated, you know, yeah. you have guys from the campaign who call up a reporter. I get these calls right, and. You know, it's like you're getting one guy's view. You never know what their real motivation is, but nobody is giving you information out of the goodness of their heart. And the other problem with the Trump campaign is that none of these people are personally loyal to Trump. You know, so it's like... None, it's not like they were; they didn't work on Trump's congressional campaign and Trump's Senate campaign and Trump's governor's campaign, and they—it's like they, you know, they didn't lose a primary, you know, they they didn't lose an election with Trump, and then kept working with him, you know. So it's like, whereas a politician like a Bob Dole or or, or even a Jack Kemp or or even like a Ted Cruz, Ted Cruz has a coterie around him. That are personally loyal to him, Trump doesn't have that, and what you have is you have people who are sort of setting themselves up for their next job, or settling scores, and and it's another problem. I was kind of upset to see that Trump is on the road again, because I really think that there needs to be work done back in New York. Let's organize this thing and, and plan it out. You know, in, in in let's say you have a in the army you have a two week exercise, what you do it, you do this exercise for a week. And obviously these things are planned for months and months, years sometimes, right? One week in, and then you have what's called pause X, where you pause the exercise where for a day or two days, everybody stops, looks what's going right, look what's going wrong, and then you finish up. And I was hoping that that moment was the democratic convention it turned out not to be the Democratic convention, but there really needs to be that, I guess, I guess we used to call it a pivot, Doug. Remember when we were talking about a pivot? <laughs> Was that May? Uh,
0: yeah, so true. So you think Trump would be better just kind of gathering himself, uh, the the campaign get together and um, and then plot things out, rather than what he's doing, flying to Wisconsin today. I don't know where else he'll be. Today he had a huge crowd in Daytona, Florida, Daytona Beach, Florida yesterday, <clears throat> so... As you mentioned, he's getting uh, huge crowds. Maybe that's maybe that's the best strategy at this point because uh, he seems more comfortable in front of these crowds, doesn't he?
1: It's sort of, well, you know, it's it's sort of like you know, if I'm managing the Beatles, right? Do I want them in right. the studio or do I want them on the road? Well, we make a right. ton of money on the road, but we're not coming up with any new music. Um, I want I I really want to see, you know. I want to see an effort of hiring some people. They just raised $80 million, really a, a stunning fundraising number, right? So mm-hmm. what, does, what does the mainstream media do when everything they've told us about the Trump campaign is wrong? There is no intervention. He is not quitting. They told us he couldn't raise money. They told us at least 10 times – He's out of this race. There's no way he survives this, right? (laughs) Indiana, right? Wisconsin primary was going to just take down Donald Trump because it was just such an overwhelming loss. I mean, remember, I mean, Trump going to Wisconsin, an amazing thing, considering the hate and discontent that was spun up on Trump there. And, you know, and another thing, going at you know, when you, you know, talking about Paul Ryan, they said, "Oh, this is the last straw." He he didn't. Republican leaders are upset that he didn't endorse Ryan. It's a primary. You're not supposed. It's like, it's, <laughs> it's like he, he he. There is another Republican in the race. You know, John McCain is running against another Republican, Kelly Ward,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: so the idea. That you know, it's. it's, I said this about Chuck Todd, but really, it's true for all of these reporters. They talk about Republicans like animals they saw at the zoo during a custody (laughs) weekend with their dad. And it's It's like they're like yes, yes. and he's like some of them have big ears and (laughs) some of them have bushy tails, and it's like they don't actually know any Republicans, and so when they talk about these things. It's like they talked about this horrible horrible sin of not of saying I'm not ready to endorse Paul Ryan as if Paul Ryan isn't in the fight of his life right now as if Paul Ryan isn't like considered the enemy by a lot of Republicans and frankly conservatives all know that Paul Ryan did not become speaker to lead the conservatives Paul Ryan specifically became speaker to block the conservatives to keep a conservative from winning. He had, you know, he was the chairman of ways and means one of the most powerful positions in the history of earth is, you know, the the tax the, the committee in the house of representatives that writes tax law, that's not a bad place to sit. And he left that job Because he wanted to keep a conservative From being the speaker Because he said I never wanted To be speaker right because he Wanted to be president Um, So I don't think for Republicans and conservatives It's these things Are that big a deal and that A lot of these reporters just have No idea how What really goes on In conservative and Republican Circles so they just don't they no, I, just don't understand what they're talking no, about.
0: I think you're right. It reminds me of a story I used to talk about where Katie Couric, when she was on the Today program, the day after George W. Bush beat John Kerry. And, you know, during the uh, afternoon with all the exit polling, it appeared maybe Kerry might win this thing. And anyway, so Katie Couric's wearing black the next morning, As, like she said, morning. And then uh, later she says, this uh, is getting close to the inauguration. I don't know. You know, she kept asking me, are you going to the inauguration? I don't know anybody that's going to the inauguration. And I thought, of course you don't know anybody
1: <laughs> that's going to the inauguration. I, I, I remember I remember that morning that uh, I voted <laughs> early. And the woman, there was a girl who was uh, must have been like a college student. And she had the clipboard, and she was doing the exit polling. And she was, there were certain people that she was asking how they voted. And then she wasn't, and then she looked right at me, we, our eyes met as, as happens, and she turned out to, like her eyes shifted, and she basically allowed me to walk past her without be participating in her exit poll. And I sort of watched her from a distance, and I thought, "Wow, I bet you these polls are all phony." And so then I heard everybody was in, you know everybody was so excited that Carrie was going to win. And so I realized that these things are probably phony. So then I, I basically started taunting. I was living in Cambridge, Massachusetts at the time. And so I just started telling everybody, congratulations, man. Kerry's <laughs> in. Carrie says, just, <laughs> just to make it, just because I knew Kerry was going to lose. And I just wanted them to really understand yeah, that,
0: the pain yeah, well of that, loss. Those exit polls, as you point out, they were, they were over-sampling female votes. And uh, they were not asking any of the the men how they voted. Um, that was something uh, that, they, in fact, if you remember, Ted Kennedy's on TV was so giddy early in the afternoon thinking that uh, <laughs> Jerry was the next president of uh, of the United States. Uh, Neil, thank you so much, as always. We'll continue to uh, read your writings, of course, at com. We'll be talking on the radio again soon, so I appreciate you being on this morning. Hey, take care, Doug. Bye-bye. You too. Neil McCabe of com joining us, giving us his uh, insight to things, and we really appreciate it. Uh, we're going to turn our attention now to Lee Boyland, who is a frequent guest on our radio shows. Lee is a uh, author. LeeBoylandBooks.com is his website, of course. And uh, Lee uh, has written uh, some of his books based on his experience in the U.S. military, where he handled our nuclear weapons. arsenal. Lee, good morning. Thanks for coming on our show this morning, sir.
2: Well, good morning, Doug, and thanks for having me. That was a, he's a very interesting guest you just had on. I was enjoying listening to him.
0: Yeah, the rumors were out all over the place yesterday that Trump might actually bail out of this thing, and uh, my thought is if he does, please do it now. Don't wait till it gets close to the election where we would have no chance at all of beating Hillary Clinton. But he doesn't really buy into any of that, uh, you know, those stories. But Jonathan Carl kind of got things going on Good Morning America yesterday about this.
2: Well, that's what they would love to see happen, the Democrats, and they're very good at planning these stories, and then everybody says, oh, yeah, and then they go charging off in the wrong direction again. Yeah. You know, I, I, I believe that uh, the only way Trump would drop out of the election is if he had a heart attack.
0: Do you think, though, it's possible with his ego being the way it is, if he saw that the poll numbers are just uh, so much against him that he could not possibly pull this thing out, that he might look for an out, uh, out clause there?
2: no i don't think so no
0: mm-hmm.
2: not unless he makes some kind of a huge blunder and and something happens that you know that that would change the whole picture than it is right now it, you know that could happen to anybody it could yeah. uh, you, you really step in it badly to the point where where everybody would just hold their nose and walk away he's got to be more careful with what he says he's got to and he needs to get off of the same topics over and over again and I know the crowd loves it, and it's red meat for the group, and he loves to see the crowd cheering, and, and he's very good at that. But in his interviews, he needs to get up to speed on a lot of issues and attack with credible information and show knowledge up against the administration, because Hillary Clinton is the administration. There's no question about no, it. No, you're right. In fact...
0: I didn't mean to interrupt you, Lee, but in fact, no. uh, Rush Limbaugh sort of said something like this yesterday where he said one of the reasons networks are not covering Trump's speeches entirely like they were during the primary is because he's not saying anything new.
2: Yeah, yeah, and, and I'm, I'm the same way. I'm getting to where you know, I'm going to vote for him as things stand now. But you know, when he starts on the same thing I've heard you know maybe 20 times already, I'll switch channels because I'm looking for something new. Mm-hmm. And I'll come back periodically to see what he's doing. And I think that's happening. He needs to he needs to sit down with people, and learn some things. He, you know, just take nuclear weapons for example. He needs to get up to speed and understand what's gone on in the history, so that he has a basis with what he's saying. Uh, they they were nailing him on would you use nuclear weapons, and he came back with some answers that were not good. What he needs to look at is saying what has. To, Obama done to our nuclear stockpile. What has what he, you know? Obama has been undermining us in so many ways. You can't believe the number of ways that he's been undermining us. Just, just in that one area, he has blocked replacing the plutonium pits, the, uh, the core of of nuclear and thermonuclear weapons, where the Russians have replaced. In other words, I think our pit. I'm going by memory. I think our pit inventory of the of the weapons in our inventory or something like 30 years on an average age. 25 or 30 years is the average age of it. Whereas the Russian average age is five. And the reason for that is, plutonium is used in the material and it's a very spooky metal to work with. That's the only word for it. If you think about the fact that, you know, you've taken physics and chemistry in high school and college, you have three states of matter. You have solid, liquid, and gas. Water freezes, it's water, and it's steam. That's an example. Uh, you can take a gas and, and bring it down to a solid by, by lowering the temperature. What what happens with plutonium is it doesn't have one solid state. It has three. So the all the calculations of density expansion and everything it shifts between one shape. It can shift uh, by itself between phases. So the Coefficient of expansion. How you know if you if you're building a bridge and you and the temperature range is going to be minus 40 to 110 degrees, which could happen, then you calculate the expansion of the metal in that bridge between those temperatures, and that's how much freedom you have to have for the metal to the supports to expand and contract. Uh, same thing is true when you're calculating the, the density of a material. The density is based upon its coefficient of expansion that you calculate, or you, you determine by experiment. Plutonium has three, so it, it shifts. So you never know what it's going to do. So you, uh, the older it gets, the more spooky the material becomes. So you need to basically re, re replace the pits. Russia does it. China's doing it. We aren't. Uh, it goes on and on. Uh, there's all kinds of worrying right now about the air base, air- I think is the way you pronounce it, in Turkey. We have a stockpile of, of our basic a uh, nuclear bomb, the b 5 B-61 bomb, or they which is eight, was on the drawing boards when I was working in the nuclear weapons program, and it was the first dial-a-yield weapon. You can actually set the the yield you want on the weapon. Uh, before it's it's launched, and later they, they were able to reach it they're the cockpit. The pilot can actually dial the yield that he wanted. The newest version, I was just doing research this morning on it, the B-61-12 has had the yield lowered from the weapon that I knew had a 350 kiloton maximum warhead, is now d- downgraded to 50. Yeah, you could dial 50, on the older weapons. Why did you downgrade the complete yield of the weapon from 350 to 50? There was no need to do that. It's just another way of Obama weakening us, because the Russians aren't downgrading the yield of their weapons. If anything, they're increasing them. So is China. So you know, he, he needs to start getting hard facts and going after these people with things that can really hit.
0: Uh, yeah, I agree perfect. with you, especially when yeah. you look at the, this Iran uh, deal, which you and I have talked a lot about over the uh, of the course, really, of the last uh, few years now, Obama has, you know, made the deal, which uh, almost assures they will have a, a nuclear device. Then you've got the, uh, you know, this money, cash for whatever it was, or cash for ransom, it seems, uh, that came out this week in the Wall Street Journal. I mean, uh, you're right. There's so many things that uh, go down the list that Obama has weakened America, and uh, just Obama out there saying that things are stronger now doesn't make it so. And and you're right. Uh, Trump could stay on those messages. Because they will resonate with people. Because, well, Americans know it. They they sense it. They they see what's happening in the world here. There was another attack this morning in London, where um, a Somali uh, uh, immigrant or whatever apparently killed uh, an American woman, stabbed her on the streets of London, and injured five others. Uh, That's right. You know but, Yeah. So I mean, it, it. People are seeing this for themselves. You know, Obama acts like, well, just because it's just the twenty-four hour news cycle. Uh, that we're hearing about it. No, ISIS is on the move. We had an arrest this week: a DC police, a uh, transit police officer, right, was uh, working right, with was, uh, ISIS, trying to supply them weapons. Yeah.
2: Let's go back to Iran for a minute. 1979, Ayatollah Khomeini took over. They changed the republic because under the Shah they had a lot of freedom. It was it was like a Western city in Tehran. In many in many cases. Uh, now he he took over. They took over our embassy, held I think it was 52 diplomats and and, and uh, employees for 444 days in prison, and he released them the day Ronald Reagan became took the oath of office because Ronald Reagan had said you will release the prisoners, and the Ayatollah said this guy is serious. We better do do something. There were lawsuits brought with huge awards against Iran from the people that were held captive. The State Department has systematically blocked collection of any of those debts, the, 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 the awards made in court. We should have deducted every cent of money that was awarded against Iran from the $150 billion before we let them have it. We should have deducted that and given paid the people plus interest. I mean, we should have charged interest on it, which would have raised it quite a bit more than, than it was, and said, "Hey, you owe our people this." And then you turn around and you say, "And by the way, you haven't made any rep- rep- any uh, made no attempt to repay us for the damage done to our embassy." Uh, that's another. Uh, let, let's just say well, we'll add another. We'll deduct another ten billion dollars out of your money to, uh, to cover the damage to the embassy. And go right down the list. And by the way, you've got four hostages, uh, four of our people in jail. If you want to see what's left of your $150 billion, they'd better be here in good health.
0: And yeah, yeah we got nothing We didn't do this. any
2: of that. We yeah. didn't do any that, of that. We gave them their money back.
0: And John we Kerry, I, think said would, yeah. Yeah, I remember John Kerry being asked about the, the release of the Americans, and he was like, well, we didn't want to tie that to negotiations. Well, that's because they, uh, the Iranians didn't want it. Tied in the <laughs> yes. negotiations. I mean, yes. we don't do just what the... Well, I guess we do under this administration what our enemies really want us to do. Um, the other thing astounding, the way that we have been handling Iran, is even the administration will admit, like this $400 million, yes, some of that money probably will be used for terrorism. So why we got why no control do over it. it they'll deal with it what they
2: want.
0: Yeah, why would you give it to them then? Right? Yeah. Well, so it was a deposit
2: on... It was supposed to be a deposit on... Weapons that that the previous government made, and you say, hey, listen, you know, you make a deposit on an order, and then you decide you want to cancel it. You don't. There's there's nothing in this uh, paperwork that says you get your money back. It was a one-time non-refundable deposit. Sorry about that, but it's our money now.
0: Yeah, it's just. uh, I mean, there's so much reckless behavior of this administration. Obama this week said that uh, Donald Trump was unfit. Uh, to be commander-in-chief, and that he had said so during the uh, convention, and he keeps on proving it, I think, is the way that Obama said it. Yet his secretary of state was careless, recklessly careless, of our national security secrets to the point the FBI director said that some of her uh, prominence should have known and other people that were connected should have known uh, that some of this information should not have been carried over an unsecured server. Hillary Clinton then responds in an interview last Sunday that uh, that's not the way she heard it even though everybody else did. But Obama says Trump is unfit, yet uh, he supports the person who was reckless with our national security.
2: Oh, absolutely. And then she tried to claim that it was it was reverse classification, that it was... I've never heard of anything that has been public being made classified after the fact. I mean, it's the horses out of the barn. What are you going to do, lock the barn up after the horse is gone? That's, that's right. her idea. Uh, <laughs> it goes on. Another flashpoint that's being totally ignored is turkey now after the ottoman empire was defeated in world war one it goes back that far 1918 the ottoman empire was the caliphate it was the islamic empire which i don't know how but nobody seems to be able to make the connection between the fact that the that the ottoman empire was the islamic empire in 1928, if I'm re- my recollection is correct, the Ottoman uh, – the caliphate was disbanded. The empire was disbanded. Uh, and and uh, the Muslim Brotherhood was then formed to recreate the caliphate. And that's what they've been doing ever since 1928. And they're doing a pretty good job of it.
0: We yeah, have I – mean, you, ta- you talked uh, about that uh, some years back, that that's really what right. was going on, this idea of world domination, the return of the caliphate. Uh, but that's what they were trying to reinstitute, that – Lands that had previously been been under Muslim control, in the mind of a Muslim or an Islamist, uh, it's always it always belongs to. That's right. Once once the
2: Islamic flag is planted, it's always their land. Nobody can take it away from them. Nobody can buy it. It's theirs, and they will come back and reclaim it. So they think of Spain as being their country. They they own Spain in their own minds. but what happened is Ataturk, uh, that was the uh, honorary title given to the uh, man that that founded the uh, Turkish Republic. I can't think of his real name, but it's a very honorary, it means father of the republic, basically, Ataturk. He created an Islamic, Western-style country that did very well. And until recently, everything has been fine. It was completely secular. The government had no... The uh, clerics had no control over the government. The clerics had their own thing, but it was a secular country. The current president, uh, Erdogan, is in the process of, conv- of pulling off the same thing in Turkey that Ayatollah Khomeini did in Iran. We're, we're, it's going to be a little slower than, than Ayatollah Khomeini, but he is. Trying to turn the country into another Iran with a Islamic dictator being Erdogan, of course being the dictator. He has blamed there the, was the a coup attempt and they tried to get rid of him. And I think the people waited too long to do it and they lost. And most of them are going to be killed quietly. Uh, something like sixty thousand people in Turkey have been fired and taken out of their jobs after this this July. I mean, this was last month when the coup occurred. The end of, toward the end of the month, July twentieth, I think, was the day it started, or the nineteenth. They're blaming uh, uh, the Erdogan, the, is blaming us for sponsoring the coup, uh, and this is very convenient because now we make the, the Americans the great enemy of the of the radical, of the uh, Turkish people, and he's going to use that and keep hammering on it. And eventually, they can can, uh, can totally convert the type of country into an Islamic Republic of Turkey. The problem we have is this time they won't take our embassy, although they might. But that's not the real issue. The real issue is we have an air base where we have some number, and I don't know whether any of the numbers I'm hearing are correct, but let's just say 50. It's it's, it's a reasonable number. 60 b 51 Ther- uh, nuclear bombs in an igloo at that air base. What happens if they seize the air base and kick us out? They keep those bombs. Now, what they're going to say is, well, they have a PAL system, prescribed action link, which means they can't arm them and use them. Well, yeah, if the terrorists, told, if the terrorists could steal a B-51 bomb and get away with it, they couldn't defeat the prescribed action link. Uh, it's very complicated but if you turn that over to a bunch of people that are that are in the nuclear weapons business such as iran and north korea and and perhaps pakistan their scientists will figure out how to re how to, how to just totally remove the whole system and put in a new arming and firing system because they know how to do it so yeah the we- the weapon can be converted for use hmm. and, and, and nobody's talking about this and uh... What will Obama do? Well, Obama's display, not going to talk about
0: it. Yeah, I mean, Obama's administration is not going to talk about this it, is for what, sure. This is yeah.
2: what Trump should be getting up to speed on and hitting him with.
0: Current well, stuff. you know, he's been asked about who his advisors are, and he says, well, I get my information from the shows. Now, that has been part of a Hillary Clinton attack, and people say you're just using Democrat talking points. Well, that's what he did say. I mean, it is his own words. I heard him when he said it. Um, the, uh, that's not really totally what we're looking for i have no problem with him watching you know the shows uh ed rollins uh today said uh, there's an article somewhere I, I forwarded earlier this morning that uh, he thinks trump watches too much television but i mean um yeah i mean you got to get some uh some military people in there to you know help you sort of form the right strategy right i mean so that then you can articulate what you really think needs to happen you know uh, to the american people i do think his comments about nato are a little unsettling how do you see that i mean uh, you know, he he doesn't view maybe the NATO alliance maybe as we have in a traditional sense, Republican and Democrat, or how do you see it? Uh, what do you think about well, it?
2: Well, well, first on your comment about that, I, I, I have high hopes that he does have a – that he is working with some military uh, – retired military to come up with better information and position. I, I mm-hmm. hope he listens to it, and I hope he implements it. Uh, yeah. As far as NATO – NATO was formed to defend the Europe against an invasion by the massive Soviet ground army and air force, and it was massive. And it has never changed its objective until recently. And that was, and I think Trump caused it. The, you know, you're locked in. You're you're fighting yesterday's war. You're planning yesterday. You're planning a war against an enemy that no longer exists. Although. Putin is doing his best to reconstitute the uh, Soviet Union, or, but it hasn't happened yet. It's, there's nowhere near what it was in the Soviet Union. I think NATO has got to change its focus. It's not. It was not paying any attention to ISIS or to Islamic terrorists or the war against radical Islam, which is what it really comes down to. And when you boil it down further, it's a clash of civilizations. The Islamic religion is not compatible with Western values. Right. Now there's a lot of Muslims that like Western values, but still like to be Muslims, and that's what we call the peaceful Muslims. But the fundamental teachings of Islam, and if they, and when it comes down to cutting nut cutting, you either are going. Well, let's say you're a Catholic, and it comes down to the fact of, are you, are you going to really adhere to the Catholic religion, or are you going to not re- adhere to it? And if you don't adhere to it, are the Baptist or the presbyterians or anybody if you say no i'm not going to go along with your fundamental beliefs then are you really a baptist or a presbyterian or a catholic no you're not that's that's what the uh what we call the peaceful muslims are faced with as long as they don't have to face that fact they can go along with their lives they're not going to hurt anybody they don't plan on doing any damage but what happens when the when the radicals come in and say are you a are you a muslim or not and if you are a muslim then you must obey sharia law and you must do these things and if you can't do that guess what you're now an enemy and you're subject to execution
0: well that's actually and, what ISIS is doing to other muslims it, right? yes. i mean there's been a lot of yeah discussion that uh, more muslims are being attacked in the middle east than our uh, westerners and that's that's probably accurate but uh, they're murdering uh Christians in the the region, but they're also murdering other Muslims who do not adhere, as you point out, to the more fundamental view of Islam.
2: No, and and if, if Islam is the problem do you have with the Reformation is it stated you cannot change the letter of one word in the Quran, and the Quran is full of texts that say uh, fight until all say there is no god but Allah, and there's statements about uh, winning through terror and. One of the one of the quotes is, and I think this is what ISIS hangs its hat on, and they're correct as far as they're concerned is, the prophet said, Do, you should not take captives until you have made a great slaughter in the land." Now that's in the Quran. That's a Quranic verse, which means you you terrorize the people by slaughtering them, and that's exactly what ISIS did in yeah. his doing.
1: So you pardon. turn around
2: and say. You're violating your religion. The answer is no. We're doing exactly what our religion says we should do, and they're correct.
0: Let's let's talk a minute about this. uh, The Khan family, I was calling it the Wrath of Khan, uh, and uh, (laughs) see, the Ann Colder actually has picked up on that uh, herself. There, that's the title of her article this morning. But uh, you know, the the Trump, uh, the, the the prevailing thought is that Trump really, you know, jumped into this. Uh, and everything, but the the family spoke before uh, the Democrat convention. I was watching that night, and he's waving the Constitution, and saying, uh, you know, Mr. Trump, have you read it? And this and that. And everyone understands the sacrifice of the family, uh, where their son uh, fought for the country. Now, their son may have different views than uh, their parents do. Perhaps uh, we don't really know that much about the family. But had the media done a little homework, we find out that uh, that Mr. Khan, the one waving the you know, the Constitution was a a Muslim immigration type lawyer that worked to bring more Muslims to the United States. He has written extensively over the years of supporting Sharia law. This was in Breitbart.com and some other websites that uh, he's been a big proponent of Sharia law. Uh, That's exactly what you're talking about here, right? So the Constitution and Sharia law are not compatible. There's no way about it. And here he's waving the Constitution at Trump. The media picks up on it, but they don't point out that, by his own writings of, about sharia law he would not adhere to the constitution
2: that's correct he's is that fair game is, is that he's fair is a family
0: yeah. right is the family fair game though in your opinion you're you're a guy with a military background i mean i come from a military family i didn't serve myself but my dad is was a career air force uh is that well, are they fair game not
2: normally no but here's what happened first of all i don't think anybody attacked the son's valor he he would he would no. kill my understanding was killed by an IED explosion. My wife's cousin was in, uh, was injured severely in an IED explosion. i mean this, this is something that just happens you, you're not you're not fighting, but you are fighting. you're in a war. same thing as running over a mine. An IED and a mine are basically the same thing. Uh, Khan though was taken to the convention by the Democrats. And put up there as this poor man and his woman, when it and he's waving the Constitution like he's just mm-hmm. now. They didn't testify that he was a Pakistani lawyer who came here and then earned his master's in law. It didn't tell you that he worked for a legal firm that that worked on getting people directly into the United States on green cards. And the way that works is. And, and, I, and I ran into that first in a, in a business in Hawaii. I heard I didn't get involved in it. I heard about it. What happens is if you invest so much money, I think it's a half a million dollars, into a U.S. company, you can then automatically get a green card for you and your whole family. So people, uh, in this case, it was Chinese that were using it coming into uh, into the West Coast in Hawaii, and, and they were buying into these little companies. Getting their green cards, and they were, they were, in other words, they were basically willing to pay half a million dollars to get to the United States with green cards. That's what it came down to. He was—that's what he was doing. That was his mem- His major occupation was getting people in through this big law firm in Washington D.C. He is an—he's ex- listed as a world expert on Sharia law, and he, when asked, he has said the Sharia law can, must dominate. Must be superior to the u s constitution he has said that mm-hmm. the sharia law is 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 more important than the u s constitution, and he's a lawyer he's a sharia law lawyer so uh, yeah i mean he, they tried to, they pulled this but off is that, and Trump okay let me go back to my of,
0: yeah let me go back to my question though that's fair game, right
2: sure, in this case okay. it is because yeah okay this th- th- we talked about the word before taqiya do you remember what it means taqiya no i
0: don't no i don't i don't remember D- that one
2: taqiya is the islamic word for deception arabic it means you can deceive people lie so what you had was a perfect example of taqiya hmm.
0: yeah because in the islamic mind or the jihadist mind you uh, lying to get, the, sort of the, to get your way to, to, uh, to deal with the infidel, it's okay, right? Lying to an infidel yeah. is fine. Yeah.
2: And I think Hillary's adopted that. I don't, it probably has a different <laughs> word, but it's lying to the American people. <laughs>
0: yes. Yeah, deception works pretty well there under the English word. Uh, for Hillary Clinton here. How, how
2: about that, Hiltika?
0: Let, let's talk for a moment. I know you don't really buy into this, but there's more stories out there as, as we're talking here this morning about what if, what if Trump does pull out? What if Donald Trump, looking at this, for example, this Fox News poll that came out last night, he's down 10 points. He said in the rally yesterday that he doesn't understand why he's even behind. He should be way ahead in his opinion. Um, Is it possible his ego is such that Trump would pull out? You know, he would cite, let's just say, health reasons or something. Uh, He wouldn't just say he's pulling out because he thinks he's going to lose. Is that possible? If so, who who would Republicans turn to? Would it be Mike Pence, be the, the obvious sort of guy that would replace this, or... Is this kind of speculation uh, meaningless, in your opinion?
2: Well, I think the way the the, every, the constitutional process is set up is that the if something happened, let, let's say that Trump was elected president and and then he withdrew or died or whatever. Yeah, well, not I, died. I, I'm ta- course, yeah, but, but I'm uh, talking about am
0: yeah. talking about now. I think uh,
2: I, I think yeah. it would be Pence. I don't think there's anybody else.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, in, he was he be nominated as, by the you know, right. I mean, if he's elected, there's a constitutional sort of way to go. But I'm talking about now that he might look at this election and say, I mean, let's face it. Even those who like Trump have to admit his ego is pretty much way up there, right? I mean, (laughs) you know, he's, uh, uh, of course, so is Obama's. Uh, But, you know, somebody said the other day that, uh, Lee, that they didn't think they would ever see another uh, person running for president or president that was as thin-skinned. Obama is is the most thin-skinned I've ever seen. I think uh, I think Trump actually trumps him, so to speak, on that.
2: I think they're pretty close, frankly. <laughs> I don't know. Who to, <laughs> yeah. it, it would depend well, actually, on what's going on. But you know, Hillary, you know, I don't know about Hillary. Hillary is very vindictive, but she's yeah. not thin-skinned. But she's got you know, 30 if you years. You get of, on her list. Or, if you yeah. get on her list, you're going down. It may take 10 years, but you're going down.
0: <laughs> right. I mean, uh, I, I was laughingly uh, telling uh You know, uh, Bernie Sanders and Bill Clinton could have just whispered in Bernie Sanders' ear. uh, ear, uh, You heard about Vince Foster, right? (laughs) I mean, (laughs) that's all I got to say, buddy. Yeah, (laughs) that's all I got to say. Although I don't
2: think, I I think Bernie is such an idealist that he wouldn't believe it.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's like uh, Bill's like, you heard what you did to me, right? I mean, it's just one of those things where Hillary, though, has at least 30 plus years of dealing with this kind of, you know, you. You're out there in the public environment, you do a talk show, you do all these things. You have to have a level of being thin-skinned because anytime you put your opinions out there, there are going to be people that don't like them. And then I I find that you're going to, at some point, offend the people, even the people who like you most of the time are going to not like you some days and the other way around. So that's, that's just part of the job. I don't guess a guy like Trump is used to that. I have likened him to sort of like a George Steinbrenner type. Would you agree that he's sort of like George Steinbrenner running for president? George Steinbrenner the former the 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 famous owner of the Yankees at one time.
2: Yeah, I never followed him very much, but uh yeah, I think I, mean, he, I think I think Trump is coming up against the fact that that in the in the, uh, he's learning about how brutal politics are. Yeah, exactly.
0: And,
2: yeah, and it and it's not as much fun as it, as you think it's going to be. Yeah. Hillary has got she has elephant hide. Uh or, well, you probably got to, I think that's really. the toughest. Yeah. yeah. And she doesn't get rattled. You can't rattle her, and she has a terrible temper behind the scenes. I mean, she, she's known for throwing things at people and cursing and screaming, and but on, but she can control that, and you can't rattle her. She will sit there like, look at the emails. Well, they didn't. I don't believe that I did anything wrong, even <laughs> though.
1: <laughs>
2: and she can repeat oh, yeah. that and look you straight in the eye, and she can say it from now for the next 10 years and never change and she will never admit that she was wrong publicly and privately I don't think she cares whether she was right or wrong Hillary does what Hillary wants to do
0: and she only always Clinton, has only a Clinton can lie like that I mean really I mean they just sit there and look at uh, Chris Wallace and McGinnis, facial expressions uh, roll the eyes or do anything uh, from a sort of body language standpoint, and tell what was one of the biggest whoppers I've heard in a long time, right? I mean, yeah, it's, uh, and, it, you have to be a Clinton to be able to do it.
2: And Bill can do the same thing. And uh, it's like but they Bill don't do really consider lying. I don't think, you know, it, it's a mental thing. A lot, yeah. The reason that lie detectors work is because your conscience tells you you're telling a lie and your blood pressure fluctuates. <laughs> And if you don't believe you're telling a lie. But if
0: you have if you have Balkan blood in your veins.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, I had a I had a, yeah. a good friend of mine that was in quite a bit work in Afghanistan and Iraq and he had he said we put terrorists, we put captured people on on lie detectors. And they could lie because they didn't and they they would deny things and say it wasn't true and never trip the lie detector because they believed it. See, that's the thing. This lie detector is only going to work if you think you're lying. If you think you're not lying, then, you know, I I was born in Washington, D.C. No, I was born in New York City. Well, one of those is true. And if you don't really care which city you were born in and somebody says it and you just said, well, this time I'm going to tell them Chicago when they ask me, okay, I was born in Chicago. It doesn't matter to me. It's fun. My my, my detector reading is going to be level.
0: All right, so what does your gut feeling tell you about this uh, this campaign right now? I mean, uh, he's down by ten. I mean, I have to believe he is down by eight, nine or ten, something like that. CNN, NBC, Fox News poll, um, they're all in that category. Uh, do you uh, I think the battleground states he's you know he's he's within the margin of error in some states, Pennsylvania, maybe Wisconsin. he's going there today. Might be in play, but what, what's your gut feeling on this? A lot of a lot of my friends really think he's going down in flames. Like they think that uh, that really that if he does stay in the race, that he it's going to be a disaster.
2: I don't think so, but he's got to make some changes. He really does. If he doesn't, you may be right. Uh, Hillary is playing him. I'm not predicting him. that. I just, I just, yeah. no, no, no. Think, Hillary's yeah. playing yeah. him. She's 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 setting these little things up. Maybe the, maybe they were smart enough to actually dangle Con in front of him, knowing that they would how he would mm-hmm. react. I guess what they didn't expect was the press, especially the New York Times of all people, to dig in and dig up all the dirt on Con and prove that you know the guy's a real sleazebag.
0: Yeah, but the problem, the damage has already been done, though. See, yeah. right? I mean, uh, that was it. Uh, you had the VFW even making some negative remarks about Donald Trump. In other words, it, it played its it, it did its course. One thing that the Clinton campaign can depend on is the national media. They have returned, as we've said, they would to their historic roots in the Democrat Party. Yeah, they like Trump during the the primary season because he's beating up on Republicans. But now that uh, you know Hillary's running, and Trump is up against Hillary, uh, their candidate, uh, yeah, they're gonna they're gonna help her every way they can, and we're seeing that time and time again here.
2: Yeah, he has to realize that, and he has to be very, you know, he keeps falling into these little traps that they set for him, and. He's got well, that, to change That's being a
0: novice in the political realm, right? I mean, right. Yeah, yeah. It's, not, it's not necessarily that Trump is a bad guy because he's falling into these traps. It's that the media is used to setting them, and they love novice uh, campaigners and, and politico types because they'll fall right into some of these things.
2: What he has to do is find out what will push her buttons and keep hitting it until she loses her temper. And if she ever loses her temper in public, and shows Mm -hmm. what she's really like, that will be the end of Hillary.
0: We got a glimpse of it with the what difference does it make.
2: Yeah, she was really— That was it right there, yeah. She was frustrated. Her nerves were starting to fray, yep. Mm -hmm. At this time, what difference does it make?
0: Right.
2: Yeah.
0: And And so maybe we'll see that in the debates. That's the only time that Trump's going to have a chance to one-on-one maybe get under her skin. He'd have a better chance really getting under Obama's skin, right? We should have had this race four years ago. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, That, has, that might and have been Romney much better ba- Romney that's, had that's all irritating. kinds of
2: opportunities In the yeah. last debate to really crucify Obama And he kept his ma- didn't even bring the subject up
0: But non-paid uh, aide Candy Crowley Came to Obama's defense in the second debate there uh, yeah. Pretty amazing Lee, thank you so much uh, Remind me about your latest book And where people can get a copy of your book And more information and all that
2: Well, the latest book I'd like people to look at Is Revolution 2016 take back america which was written in 2013 and released in 2014 early 2014 it is a story about it was about uh, uh, the uh, 2014 elections but it applies all you got to do is change the dates and it, it's what we're going through right now and it shows the unintended consequences of of the liberals, it was primarily focused on guns so the liberals and the uh and the and the uh, global warming scenario how the how the liberal mind the progressive liberal mind will start pushing these laws and Hillary's already said she's going to shut down gun manufacturers uh that's that's her next target It's, it's the unintended consequences of what will happen and it's it it shows the revolution that will occur and it's not a planned revolution and nobody sits down there's no no constitution written or anything else it's just american people getting angry in various parts of the country and as it the anger builds like a like if you set a little if you set three or four small fires in a forest and then they they start to grow and then more fires get started and pretty soon you have a huge fire and that's that's the way i wrote the book that the american people's anger and the unintended consequences of all the laws that the liberals passed ends up with a march on Washington, and the uh, it, the theme under that is, what will the military do if the president, commander in chief, orders them to fire on civilians that are marching, that are trying to come to Washington? You know, old, going back to Glenn Beck's pitchforks and torches type yes. march. And the, uh, the answer does not come down. The answer keeps coming up is well, we have to see the order before we can determine if it's illegal. And it's a very it's a very intense book. It's it's got a lot of humor. It's got some humor in it. It's got a lot of sarcasm. It is a uh, satire. But unfortunately, about half of more of what I put in that satire has already happened, and it's happening. The rest of it's happening. I call it a right prophecy. More, I yeah, I
0: I call it more of a prophecy than uh, than the <laughs> fiction. Um, Lee, thank I you so much not. for being on. Uh, let me remind people, Amazon.com, uh, you can uh, download uh, a version of that or also get the paperback version or check out all his writings at dot leeboylandbooks.com Lee, Lee, thank you again. Great talking lot, to you. Pleasure. We'll talk to you on the radio soon, buddy. Um, we are uh, right up to the, the end of our uh, allotted time here, and we appreciate you joining us. Don't forget, this will be archived at uh, Blog Talk Radio, also idugradio.com, and on iTunes. You can subscribe to our podcast via iTunes, where it will be delivered right to you there. Uh, you can also email me, iDugRadio at AOL.com. I invite you to follow me on Twitter, get my unedited news feed. That's the only way to get it because uh, Facebook edits many of the stories that are posted there. So you can do that by going to Twitter and uh, uh, friend me and follow me there at idougradio. And you can find me on Facebook. Have a great rest of the day. Thanks for joining us on I Radio.